Well, hey, King of Kings, it is so great to be with you today. I am very honored and very excited for you to get a introduction to a man who uh, was my first uh, professor in religion as far as Greek, and uh, also a man who I had the honor and the privilege of um, just learning under in college at Concordia University, Irvine. And this is Dr. Mark Brighton, who is uh, one of our church bodies, uh, just renowned experts on the book of Revelation. And he's going to be sharing with us a little bit deeper uh, from what we've heard on Sundays uh, into this wonderful, wonderful book that, uh, as John writes it, uh, we are blessed to read uh, as readers of this great word of God. So Dr. Mark Brighton, thank you so much for being here with us at King of Kings and on our podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, um, the family of God, uh, we are a large family. We stretch not only across the United States, but across the world. And, and anytime the family of God can gather around the word of God, I think it's just a great thing because uh, that's where we find Jesus, especially in the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And you know, it, I think the, the thing that is so important for me about the book of Revelation is the fact that most Christians are fascinated by it and heavily intimidated by it. Um, as a matter of fact, as our teaching team was talking about doing this series, mm -hmm. none of us had ever preached on Revelation. And I've been in ministry for uh, 20, uh, almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, our, Zach Zender on our staff as well has been in ministry for over uh, 12 years. And so um, so this is, this is something we're excited about. And we kind of realized, oh gosh, it, it is part of the counsel of God. We should definitely be sharing the word of God from this. So um, I'm excited to dive deeper for, for this as well. So let's just start with like, what's the purpose and overall idea behind the book of Revelation? So as Christians, when we're starting to read it, like, is this really about like waiting for the end times? What, what's the purpose of it? Yeah, well, uh, that's a great question um, because what you are looking for in the book of Revelation might determine what you're going to find in the book of Revelation. Um, mm -hmm. The Revelation is a book which has lots of imagery, and many times we will interpret the imagery uh, according to our own presuppositions. And, um, and unfortunately, Revelation has been misused uh, by a lot of people in the family of God, unfortunately. Um, so what's the overall purpose? Um, I think we can see it in the title. The title is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and I know it sounds kind of obvious, but the purpose of the book is for us to meet Christ. Um, and that's its purpose. It's Notice that its title, in, in the Greek, it's a singular. It's not revelations. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, why do I make that point? Uh, many people look at revelation to find out events of the future. We want to know you know, who the Antichrist is. We want to know about warfare in Europe. We want to know uh, whatever it is that's going on our day, and we try to match it up with what's going on in the book of Revelation. And, and, and so we think that the book of Revelation can show us future events as if that's its primary purpose. And so many people call it the book of Revelations, 
because we'll see things there. But but that's missing the mark. It's designed to show us Jesus. And, and so if we come away here just trying to find out who the Antichrist is or who the four horsemen are or what the millennium means, uh, maybe we're kind of off-center. <laughs> um, uh, we are missing what the point is. And so, okay, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You and I saw Jesus in the Gospels, right? So what does Revelation bring that we didn't see there? Well, in the book, in the Gospels, you see Revelation, uh, you see Jesus who laid aside the full use of his divine power and majesty and glory. Uh, uh, theologians call that Jesus Christ in his state of humiliation. Um, but uh in the book of Revelation, you see how Jesus makes full use of his divine power and glory uh, to bring to completion God's plan of salvation uh, from the day of Pentecost until the fulfillment of all things, which is the new creation. And uh, the book of Revelation is designed to show us that. And the reason why it wants us to see that is so that uh, in this time of suffering and loss, we can always stand in the game plan <laughs> that the victory has been won and that Jesus is the Lord of these latter days. Um, it's important for me uh, and for all of us when we go through loss. Uh, when a loved one gets cancer, when we lose jobs, when we see the shenanigans going on in civil government, <laughs> when we would tend to be cynical about things, um, it's good for us to know that Jesus is the Lord of creation. And even if we lose all things here, uh, uh, we still emerge victorious if we stand in his victory. That's the purpose of the book of Revelation. That's really, really helpful. Um, one of the questions I would follow up with um, is, so in, in, in the Revelation, when John wrote this, um, right in the, what may, you know, scholars say in the 90s of AD, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in that time frame. Um, the persecution and the suffering and the loss that they were experiencing mm -hmm. um, is markedly different than what mm -hmm. we're experiencing today. Mm -hmm. So, like, how as how a Christian, how do we marry that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? What do you mean marry? How do we match or make equivalencies? Or Yeah, how do we make equivalences in a right way mm -hmm. um, to, to look at this as a book of hope, mm -hmm. right? Not not like to find out who the four horsemen are or anything like that. But if it's, if it's really a, that Jesus is Lord of all in mm -hmm. the midst of all of our sufferings as Christians, right? Mm -hmm. The suffering John was experiencing mm -hmm. and that Christians in that day were experiencing is, is radically different than the suffering I experienced. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess hurt probably has no competitiveness. Hurt is hurt. Um, but just how do we, how, how how would one as a reader be able to look and say, historically, what John's experiencing, this still applies to me today? Yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. Uh, I suppose what's behind that question is when John sees these visions, uh, are these visions something that only apply to one particular time period? And Yes, yeah, correct. 
Yeah. And, and so is it that John is just writing about his day or is he writing uh, more generally about things which will continue to happen during the end times? Or as some brothers and sisters in the church body, not the necessarily Lutheran church body, but the larger body of Christ would say, is he writing only about the events in the distant future? <laughs> yeah. And most people, uh, most commentaries and experts today think that John is writing about things that repeatedly happen through the end times. Uh, Jesus himself describes the end times in Matthew. Uh, there he talks about wars and rumors of wars and persecutions and sufferings and the increase of lawlessness uh, and, and, and all those things. And it doesn't take an expert to understand that these have been going on for the last two millennia. Um, so when John writes uh, about, let's say, um, the opposition uh, to Christ and his work, he can certainly see how that works in his day. Uh, uh, um, but uh, it's not something that's unique to his day. Uh, we can see how that would also work in our day as well. So I suppose there would be a connection uh, uh, if you think about it in those ways. Uh, in other words, maybe the prophecies in the book of Revelation are not necessarily filled at only one time. Uh, they are repeated views of the end times until Christ returns. And as we read it, we can see, yeah, that goes on in my day. It did in the Middle Ages, and it also did in John's day. And it will continue to go on until Christ returns and recreates all things. So maybe that's the connection? Yeah, no, that that's really good. I, I can see that connection. You know, I think the other question I'd like to, because you, you state in um, your notes there in a document that you've done in a video series that you had done um, that also in kind of the introduction in the beginning of chapter one, that John has a commissioning vision mm -hmm. and you say John is commissioned uh, there as a prophet. Yes. Right. And then, and then one thing I think that might um, surprise those who have not yet necessarily maybe read through Revelation is how deeply connected the book of Revelation is to the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Um, to Isaiah, to Ezekiel. I've, I've discovered more in, mm. in recent times of just also uh, Exodus, that, that Revelation and Exodus really overlay well yes. with one another in their deep connections. Can you just say more about, like, what does this mean that John, that John is commissioned as a prophet, mm -hmm. and yet he's looking back and, 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 and connecting back to the Old Testament for the people? Can you just dive us a little deeper into that? Yeah. Um, so uh, typically when a prophet is commissioned, uh, God himself appears to that prophet uh, very often with symbolic imagery or in symbolic ways in a, in a theophany, as uh, theologians would, uh, would describe, uh, to impress upon uh, the person commissioned, the prophet, that this is God in his majesty and authority. And so in Ezekiel, you see, uh, you see four creatures, um, and, and you see wheels filled with eyes and a glassy expanse and then a fiery, uh, fire over it, uh, giving way to, uh, to a person. 
and in this theophany is uh, God enthroned over all creation uh, coming to commission Ezekiel. In Isaiah, Isaiah is caught up into heaven, and he sees the, the, the seraphs with wings, and he hears the voice of the Lord crying, who will go for us, and who, who, will, I, who will I send? And Jeremiah says, send me. And then he's commissioned with his message. Um, it's a little different with Revelation. In Revelation, it is the exalted Son of Man who comes. And, 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 and Jesus' authority and glory is exhibited in his appearance. Uh, for example, uh, some of this, uh, in the way he appears, it, it's, it's the way you would describe uh, the Ancient of Days or God in the Old Testament. Um, his hair was white, white like wool. His eyes were like flames of fire. Um, and those are things that uh, John's readers would say, yeah, that's how you would describe God. But it's a little different, though, as well. I mean, he has a sword coming out of his mouth. And, and John, well, we understand what that is. That's, that's the word of God. Um, and, 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 and God's word, like a sword, as we read in the New Testament, is like a sharp sword which divides uh, between the joints and, and convicts us. Um, and so in that way, John, yes, it, it's very similar to what's going on in the Old Testament times. Um, this, this dependence upon the Old Testament also goes forward. Um, I, I sort of think that uh, a large part of the imagery, and I use that word intentionally, that we see in Revelation, um, uh, most of it is found in the Old Testament. And so if you know your Old Testament really well, the imagery that you read in Revelation will sound familiar, will make sense. Um, um, if I speak by the way of metaphor or images, um, we need to make sure that we all understand it correctly. For example, if I told you a story about a dragon, if I tell that story in Europe, the dragon represents primeval destruction. But if I tell a story about a dragon in China, the dragon represents fortune. <laughs> Completely opposite meanings. So when John tells us a story about 144,000 who have a seal on their forehead, we need to understand how did John's readers understand it. Because we can invent all sorts of things, but we might come up with the wrong idea unless we know how John's readers understood it. John, like his readers, had their roots in the Bible. And if you have your roots in the Bible and you hear about 144,000 who are sealed, that's going to sound a lot like other parts of the Bible that you've already read, and it will make sense. A lot of times I think people misunderstand Revelation because they really don't know their Old Testament too well. <laughs> and so they pull out meanings that sound plausible but may not be the things that John's readers were thinking. So I agree with you entirely. Uh, whenever you read Re Revelation, you are looking a lot in the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, I think this is such a great reminder for us uh, and for all who are reading Revelation is that Scripture fits together in a cohesive narrative mm -hmm. uh, from Genesis to Revelation. And so the reader is not going to be shocked 
by anything in Revelation and be like, I've never heard that before. Even, even uh, Christ as the Son of Man being the Ancient of Days is a clear connection to saying Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. There, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. This this book says he is Lord, he is God, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The God of all. And, it, and it's interesting you mentioned Son of Man, because the first time you see Jesus, he is described as one like the Son of Man. Okay. Jesus called himself that in the Gospels, but what does that mean in the Old Testament? Uh, John's readers would understand that's Daniel 7. Uh, that's how Jesus defined it when he was in front of the Sanhedrin, one who comes before the Ancient of Days, and he is given an everlasting kingdom, and all people worship and serve him, and his kingdom will never end. So a direct connection is made right off the bat with Daniel 7 and the establishment of God's eternal kingdom with this Son of Man and what we are now going to see in the book of Revelation. What is briefly talked about in Daniel 7, that he is given a kingdom, is going to be expanded in 20 chapters. We're going to see how the Son of Man does that. Yeah, so we're going to see some really great stuff over these next few weeks. And uh, this is our time for today. So I want to invite you to come back uh, and watch for when uh, week two of our podcast uh, drops on this. And here's what we're going to start to discover next week. Uh, we're going to discover what are these seven churches and why is that important and what sticks out to us? And then where are we going to find comfort and hope, especially as we're just beginning to dive into mm-hmm. Revelation? So mm-hmm. Dr. Brighton is going to be back with us next week uh, and continue to dive deep into the book of Revelation, continue to read your word and connect it to Jesus and see that whatever's going on in your life, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, Jesus is Lord of all, and mm-hmm. he's with you, and he's walking with you today. Dr. Brighton, thank you. Okay, and, uh, nice pleasure. I can't wait for us to get into number two. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>